The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In this economy, are you making the money you could be making? Welcome to High Yield with your hosts, Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. The old ways don't work anymore. So let Frank and Dave help you find new high-yielding opportunities. You can start by tuning in for the next hour. Now, here's Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. Welcome to High Yield, the show that explores new ways to get a high yield on your time and money in a very, very weak and troublesome U.S. economy. Uh, today we're going to be talking all about mobile homes. You know, we did a show a while back on mobile home parks, which is uh, something that we believe very strongly in, in as much as we're the 18th largest owner of the things in the United States. But today we're going to do the show all about mobile homes, because a lot of people said, yeah, mobile home parks sound great, but what about the capital it takes in order to buy one? Because you can't normally get in the mobile home park business unless you've got at least some decent amount of, of savings. Uh, there are zero-down deals in there. There are the situations where you can assign leases, which we talked about on that show, but you know, let's say you've got a lesser amount saved up at this point that you want to invest in the concept, a couple of thousand dollars, five thousand, ten thousand dollars. What do you do? Well, another option, another way to get into affordable housing is with the mobile homes themselves. And let's first start off the show by going over why Mobile homes and affordable housing is hot right now because it's it's at its zenith. It's the hottest it's ever been since they invented the thing back in the 1930s. And let's go over that real quick because there are a lot of interesting facts here that a lot of people may not know or may not remember from before. Uh, first is the demand for affordable housing, which right now is just gigantic. Uh, to give you an idea, when we run ads for our mobile home parks that have houses for rent or for sale in them, we get an average of 50 to 100 calls a week. Now, you know, ask somebody in any other line of business how many calls they're getting, whether it's a car dealer or, you know, a guy, a custom home builder. You know, they run ads all over the place, and they're lucky if they can get, you know, a couple calls a week, and that's with spending a lot of money on the advertising. With mobile homes, basically a small classified ad will bring in 50 to 100 calls a week. They might say, well, why is that? Why are mobile homes so in demand? Well, here's some structural, factual reasons why. The first one is, if, if you're not aware of this statistic, it may, you may find it shocking, but it's a fact. And you can Google it up. You know, roughly 30% of all U.S. households make $20,000 or a year or less in household income. Now, a lot of people will say, no, that's, that's got to be crazy. There's, there's no way. Well, there is a way. You know, the, the median income in the U.S. is 50000 But what is the median? The median is, the, is that middle spot. So a lot of people like to use that median to show how prosperous America is because at certain times when you're trying to get votes or sell people on different things, you always try to show the good side of things. So they like to use that median, but the median really isn't that 
realistic because after that fifty thousand, there's a, there's a very steep fall off down to about twenty thousand. So basically, from zero to thirty percent, you're in the twenty thousand bracket. Then by the time you hit the fifty percentile, you're up at the fifty. But the fifty that is the number most people know and talk about. That's that's your median. That that is not you know true for a whole bunch of the U.S. population. And the reason is simple to figure out why that is. In other words, you know, if you look at a paper, like in my small town here in Missouri, the for one, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, the jobs available section, you'll see most of those jobs pay anywhere from minimum wage to about $10 an hour. And we know that there are 2,000 working hours roughly in a, in a calendar year. So minimum wage, which is right now $7.25 an hour, that's about a fourteen, fifteen thousand dollar a year income, and ten dollars is about twenty. And so all those jobs you see out there all day when you're driving around, Taco Bell, Jack in the Box, Holiday Inn, everyone who works in those establishments is pretty much probably making somewhere along that pay scale. I mean, not the managers, not the assistant managers, but the person at the drive-through window at the fast food is probably making anywhere from minimum wage to ten dollars an hour. And so that's why a big part of the U.S. population is sitting there making roughly 20000 a year. So that's item one. Item number two, and this, when this number came out, a lot of people freaked out because this was a number most people had not talked about till the election. But 47% of all U.S. households, so this is almost, almost half of all U.S. households, are on some form of social program, which means they're not doing that great. So even the folks who are making 50 they have, again, some other social program that's helping to pay the bills because they can't tie it all together. And that's certainly nothing to be embarrassed about because in the current America, between insurance and health care, et cetera, it's, it's very hard for almost anyone to make any sense of it. But, you know, basically 50% almost of U.S. households are in some form of financial trouble or burden. This next statistic, again, people just found amazing. It's not been discussed much. It was not a good statistic to run by during the election, so people avoided it. But you've got 10,000 baby boomers per day. That's right, not per month, but per day. So today, for example, January 25th, 2013, by the end of tonight, tonight midnight, you know, another 10,000 baby boomers roughly will have retired today. And here's the shocker that, you know, the average payout to those folks in Social Security is $14,000 per year. Now, sure, some of them have pensions, some of them have other items, but most of them do not. So basically, you're launching about 10,000 people a day who might have been earning 40000 a year. Well, you're launching them back down into 14000 a year, right in line with that 30% of U.S. households making roughly 20000 a year. So that, that number is swelling. Next, if you, if you haven't been in a B or C grade apartment recently, you probably should just to see how horrible they're doing. And I'm in the mobile home park business, so obviously apartments are my, my enemy, my adversary. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that the quality of those apartments has been declining horribly. Uh, talking to people in the apartment industry, one of the reasons they say that's happening is because the, you know, a lot of these apartment complexes over time have been sold on the lower end from you know, the actual professional operators uh, over to moms and pops. And moms and pops don't have the money to fix them up. The other problem is that those apartment complexes are wearing out. So you have a bad combination. You've got a combination of mom and pops with very little capital now taking over 
coupled with the fact that those apartments need lots of capital. So what's happening is that the apartments are just kind of going downhill at the speed of light. If you live in those apartments, what do you have? Well, you've got you know, people knocking on your walls and knocking on your ceilings and everything else known to man, and that's bad. But on top of that, you know, you've got things not working in your apartment. You know, uh, your sink's not working, your toilet's not working, doorknob's not working. Mom and pop, they don't have the money to fix that. So basically, you have a very, very unhappy living situation. And that's what fuels a lot of people to want to get out of apartments and on over into mobile homes. Also bear in mind, and this this is, again, a, a frightful statistic, the the average mobile home I'm sorry the average apartment rent in the US right now is $1030 per month that's atrociously bad so basically again for those people who cannot afford big money on their on their rent what do they do well mobile homes are really the only option for them they certainly cannot afford to to be you know paying $1000 a month for an apartment when they're not earning much more than that in total revenue uh, the next item is, and why you'd want to invest in, in mobile homes, it's got a very low entry price. You know, if you want to invest in stick-built homes, what can you do? Well, you can go out there and, you know, buy a house for $60,000 and put 10000 of repairs into it, et cetera. But, you know, that's very expensive stuff. I mean, to, to buy a $60,000 home with the way the mortgages are set up right now with 20% down, You'll have to have 12000 there, and then the 10000 of repairs, well, that probably kind of your own pocket. So, you know, that's, that's not something the average person can do on, on, without having a fairly sizable amount of money ready to go. However, with mobile homes, it's a whole different animal. You can often buy these mobile homes for, uh, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, and they don't need a ton of repair as far as a giant financial burden. You can often fix these things for... You know, in some cases, if you're really lucky, $500, and then on the average, probably one to $2,000. So it's a very low entry point as far as investing in housing and investing in affordable housing. Another is that mobile homes are very, very easy and very straightforward to work on. They're very simple animals. You know, in a typical single-family home, I could not possibly fix the foundation. I, I would have no idea how to jack up a home. I don't do concrete. I, I wouldn't know what to do. If you, if you said, hey, can you re-roof that single-family home? I wouldn't have not any clue how you do that. Not a clue. I, I couldn't even begin to guesstimate how in the world I could do that. So, again, you know, that's, that's, it, that, that's really rough on single-family homes to figure out or get your arms around how to make those repairs. But mobile homes are different. You know, mobile homes are really nothing more. And see if you can visualize this. You know, there's a steel chassis. It's just basically, uh, you know, it, it's a couple of steel I-beams, to be honest with you, with what they call outriggers, little metal pieces that go off, you know, at right angles to those, and those are what hold up the home onto that chassis, just like a car. And then you've got your, your floor, which is basically normally just plywood or particle board on top of that. And then you've got your carpet on top of that. Your walls go around the perimeter of this thing. The interior walls are non-load-bearing, so you can actually tear out any interior wall in a mobile home. It doesn't really much matter. Um, and so it's a very simple animal. I mean, all, all of your plumbing, all of your air vents, everything goes in one central canal that's called the trough. So it's not like a single-family home where you've got ducts in the attic and ducts under the floors, etc. You've got just one duct work that does the whole home. All of your electricity is a standard hide off the floor that goes all the way around the home. 
So again, in some, some people, to replace all the power in the home, all they do is they just simply cut a notch about two inches wide all the way around the home, and then they replace that with a piece of trim that's you know, three inches wide all the way around what they did, and nobody really knows or cares. So th- these are things that are very, very simple to work on. Uh, and the final item is mobile home customers are not very discriminating as far as the condition of the home. You know, in single-family land, people complain about the texturing of the walls. They complain about the, you know, the paint color on this wall is not the same as the other. There's, there's, uh, you know, this piece of trim doesn't align. Wait, this, this piece of trim is not straight. That kind of stuff. And maybe they should because they're often paying, you know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, up to a million or two for for those single-family homes. Mobile home residents are different. You know, you you don't have to have that high a level of sophistication on the way the home looks. So often you're in there painting over things that you normally wouldn't paint over. You are patching things in walls with just something that's kind of similar but doesn't exactly match and painting over that. Uh, you know, it's a whole different deal. You, you can buy salvage carpet. You can have floors that are not exactly straight and level. All kinds of things that would never be permissible with regular homes work all day long in mobile homes. And in a minute, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about how the process works in mobile home investing. This is Frank Roth with High Yield, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate. The hottest sectors of real estate today, mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com. Or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303 303- 328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, president of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800 458 
4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolfe at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. Today we're talking about the high yield opportunities in mobile home investing. And for those of you who have, think you have deja vu, they say, wait a minute, I thought those guys already went over mobile homes. No, we went over mobile home parks before, which is something that Dave and I are the 18th largest owner of in the U.S., so we're obviously we're very big on mobile home parks. But there's another piece of the puzzle in mobile homes besides mobile home parks, and that's the mobile homes themselves, and that's what we're going over today. Mobile homes have got a much, much lower entry point so for many people, mobile homes are a much more doable concept than mobile home parks. In many, in many cases, people who own mobile home parks began with investing in mobile homes and then kind of moved up the food chain. So I wanted to go ahead and get this on an episode so that everyone knows how this works. So we talked about the reasons why you would want to invest in mobile homes and why mobile homes are so hot right now. So that, that, that's already been done. Now we're going to talk on, on how the process works exactly on investing in a mobile home. Now, the first thing you have to find is a mobile home for sale. And you might say, well, where, where the heck would I find a mobile home for sale? Well, that part's relatively easy. You would look in the newspaper under mobile homes for sale, or even in some cases mobile homes for rent, and there, there are some old used mobile homes right there you can start with. Now, for some people who, are, who have been doing it a while, they often will actually move up a notch and actually buy what are called repossessed mobile homes. And you can find these repo lists online at such websites as MH Bay. So you can also have access to those. But for a lot of people first getting in the business, the, the lowest price point they can find are mobile homes that are for sale in mobile home parks, traditionally. So first you have to find a home for sale. And to any typical large city newspaper, there may be anywhere from 10 to 40 listings of these homes that are for sale. And they're from all different types of price points and models, and most of the time when you're talking mobile homes for sale that you would want to make money with, you're going to be buying a home that's probably from the 1970s, 1980s, or maybe 1990s. You're not going to be talking much of your newer housing stock because it's still going to be too expensive. So most of the time you're out looking for a home that's like a 1970s or 80s home, or even a 90s, if you can find one that you can buy for a relatively low Price, but that's where you find them. You find them in the paper, or you find them online. Uh, you can also sometimes find them in such places as uh, unpaid property tax auctions. I was at an unpaid property tax auction in Illinois last year, and they probably had 20 homes for sale at auction with an opening bid of $600, and almost every single one sold at $600. So there's another source you can find the homes at. So now you found a home, what do you do next? Well, the next thing you do is you negotiate a price. And mobile homes, they don't hold their value worth a darn when it comes to resale. 
you know, something like 98% of every mobile home never moves the second time after it's been delivered from the factory. So that home has been sitting in that park for a long, long period of time. And unlike a car, it's not mobile. In other words, if there's a demand for a, you know, an Acura, and you know, suddenly a lot of people want to buy Acuras in Phoenix, well, you can just take your Acura that's not selling in Ohio and ship it to Phoenix for like 300 bucks, and it'll sell there. Mobile homes, they're not really mobile, so you can't do that. So even though they're personal property and they're not real property and they're not attached to the ground, so they're very much like a car, right? I mean, they begin life on wheels and they've got tags and things like that. They're not quite like a car as far as when it comes time to sell them because you can't move them to wherever the demand is. So traditionally, when someone goes to sell one, they're they're pretty open to whatever price you want to give them. You know, we we've bought many mobile homes that people were asking five and ten thousand dollars for for you know two thousand all the way down to five hundred bucks. So it's it's you know it, it's very very negotiable on the price. Just want everyone to realize that. So if you see an ad in the paper and the guy's asking eighty five hundred dollars, you'll probably take maybe two or three thousand cash, maybe even less. So the next step is after you find the home is to negotiate a price. Now, the next item is then you've got to renovate the home. And again, I'm just giving you the basic overview of how it works, and then we'll get at these in more detail. So now you have to renovate the home to make it saleable or rentable. So what do you do? Well, you go in and you traditionally in most mobile homes, the first thing that's gone bad is you're going to have soft spots in the floor. Bear in mind, the only thing for a foundation of that mobile home you've got is that plywood or particle board on top of the metal chassis. So that's a, you know, that's a lot of wear and tear. Imagine your house without any concrete or major things under the floors where, where the floors would be at. So soft spots and floors are very, very common. <clears throat> also, having to replace the actual flooring itself, the carpet, vinyl, et cetera, that's very common because if someone's been in there 20 years, it's pretty much shot probably. Uh, you'll definitely want to repaint the interior probably. That's not very expensive, obviously. It gives you a lot of, lot of bang for the buck. Same with the exterior. You may want to repaint the exterior. You may want to fix what's called the skirting. That's the stuff that blocks the the home from view from the bottom of the home to the ground. Normally made out of vinyl, sometimes metal. So you're going to want to fix that. But beyond that, you don't really you don't do a whole lot more to it. Uh, in fact, uh, you know I've renovated hundreds of homes, and a very simple format that many people use on these things is basically job number one: you rip out the carpeting. Job number two, you fix the soft spots in the floor. Job number three, you go in and paint the entire interior, you know, one off-white color using a, a spray rig. <clears throat> you just go in and spray it. I mean, you can also use a roller if you want, but traditionally it's often just sprayed. Then you put in the new flooring and you're done. And you can go in and remodel a mobile home using that technique, you know, from start to finish easily in a week. So, you know, it's very unlike single-family homes where people, when we talk renovation, they're thinking months and tens of thousands of dollars. This is different. This is basically a few days. It's some paint. It's some carpet, normally salvaged carpet, so it's even cheaper. It's some plywood to fix those soft spots, maybe to patch things in in the walls. But that's about it. And the same on the exterior. Basically, a lot of these old mobile homes, you can fix them with nothing more than a combination of Bleach and water rolled on with a paint roller that normally on a metal-sided home will do the do the, the doings, or you can go in there and, and paint that with a roller or a spray gun. But basically, the renovations are relatively simple. 
All right, then it comes time to, to what do you do with the home? Well, you know, there's a new thing out called the SAFE Act, which uh, I can't even give you enough information on because I don't even fully understand every inch of it because it changes daily. You definitely want to research that. Under the SAFE Act, which was a, a new law that passed during the single-family mortgage meltdown, uh, you can no longer basically make a mortgage without jumping through so many hoops that it's un- unbelievably difficult. So what most people do today, instead of uh, your classical selling a home and carrying paper, they, they basically have gone back to renting them because renting them is not covered under the SAFE Act. Now, what some people can do with those rentals, and again, it's up to you, and you should research what to do with it. Some people just rent these things till they reach their ultimate economic life and then basically give them to whoever's in there. Other people put together uh, you know, lease purchase programs, different kind of programs. But the bottom line is, you know, typically a buyer of a mobile home really is just a renter because very few times do they make it all the way to the end. You know, they may live in there for five years, seven years, but seldom, even if you were to sell it and carry the paper, will they ever make their payments to the end of the mortgage? So renting is kind of is, is kind of okay. But again, I want you to be aware of the SAFE Act. You definitely should research that. And every state is a little different on how they work the SAFE Act, so you should definitely Google that up for your state. Next thing you do when you when you do the mobile home investing process is you have to understand how to collect the money. Uh, you know, collections in mobile homes are very much different than collections in other things because traditionally those tenants are a little lower down the food chain and they don't respond well to giving them a break because what happens is they end up getting themselves in more trouble. For example, you know, let's say you've got somebody in there, he's got a family, you know, he really wants to do this or that. He really wants to buy a pool table or a big screen TV or more cigarettes, whatever the case may be. <clears throat> and he knows that by doing that, he won't have the money to pay the rent. But by gosh, he really wants to go do this other item, so he just doesn't pay the rent, and, and there you have it. And what happens is if, if you're not hard with them and, and don't have a hard line to make them pay, they'll get themselves so far back in arrears they'll never be able to pull out of the woods. But if you're hard on collections and say, look, you've got to pay your rent or you've got to go, that will often force them to make the right decision that they should have made anyway. And as a general rule of thumb in mobile homes, if you let the customer get even a little bit behind, you're really ruining their life more than your life because they'll never be able to pull out of it. You've got to force them to make to pay the rent. Now, the good news is that mobile homes, because they are the cheapest form of housing, pretty much anybody, including those making minimum wage, can afford the rent. So it's not really a question of can they afford it. It's more a question of priorities. You've got to help them set the priorities so they don't get themselves in trouble. Uh, also, you need to know in a typical sales process or investment process in a mobile home that it's very, very likely that at some point the customer will drop out. So always be ready when you when you make that rental agreement to realize that this person will probably not be in there for their entire lifetime. So you will probably at some point have to go in and repeat the process as far as renovation and then renting it again. Uh, finally, what happens then is, you know, you so you, you found the home. You bought it, you renovated it, you rented it, and you've got your investment back, and now you've got a profit going, right? Let's say you, you bought the home for $1,000 and you put 2000 in it, and you rent it for $500 a month, and the lot rent is $200 a month in the mobile home park. Well, you made your investment back after the first year in that example. So basically every year thereafter is straight profit, which is great, which you're, you know, you're banking, and in fact you can use that profit to buy 
more mobile homes. So basically, the mobile home investing game is, is a very simple business model. It's not complicated. It can be very lucrative if you do it correctly, and you can actually scale it up. You can actually take the income from that first mobile home and use that to buy a second, and then a third, and then a fourth, and oh my gosh, there are folks out there. I've met folks who have 100 to 200 of these homes. So, I mean, it, it's, it's something whereby if you do it properly, then you feel like, hey, I'm going to do it again. And so now we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about more about mobile home investing. And next, next up is things to watch out for. This is Frank Roth with High Yield. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate. The hottest sectors of real estate today, mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com. Or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolf at gmail.com. Now, 
Back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. Today we're going over mobile home investing and how that can be a high yield opportunity for you in a troubled economy, which is very, very true because what's causing the big demand in mobile homes is the fact the U.S. economy is kind of shot and people don't have very good incomes anymore and need a place to live that's relatively inexpensive. So we've talked so far about why affordable housing is hot and we've talked about how mobile home investing works. Now we're going to talk about things to watch out for. So this is the cautious part of today's talk is things you need to watch out for when looking at at buying a mobile home as an investment property. Uh, the first item is not having a title. Now, you know, you, you might say title. How's the title come into play? This is housing. Well, no, mobile homes, again, are personal property. They are not attached to the ground, and as a result, as personal property, they have a title, just like a car or a boat. So the title is a very important item, but at the same time, you have to understand the ins and outs of titling, because if you say to yourself, I will only buy a mobile home that has a perfect title, you may find it very hard to find any to buy. So how titling works in mobile homes is when they build that mobile home out there on the factory floor, it, when it comes off the assembly line, it's, there's a little license plate put on the back from HUD, the U.S. government, saying that it was built in accordance with HUD's spe- specifications, and now it has this little seal, and on that seal is a, is a number. And in fact, they normally go in and they etch that number underneath the home on the frame. And just like a car, you know, the car has its VIN number, right? Well, a mobile home has its kind of VIN number. They don't call it a VIN number, but that's the number the home is known by. And that's the number that corresponds to the title. But what happens is, over time, you know, the folks living in that mobile home, they lose their title. And often, you, it's hard to get a, a title or even find a title for the home. In the older homes built prior to 1976, HUD was not involved. There was no involvement by the U.S. government. So on those really old homes, they're, they're, it's really hard to find any identifying marks to even begin to find the title. But the good news is, I guess, as long as you rent the home, you don't have to have a title. right? If you sell the home, you have to have a title because you have to transfer that title over to the new owner. But as long as you're just renting the home... You don't really have to have a title to our knowledge, so basically the title is not that important. Now, you know, you obviously want to get a bill of sale from the person you buy the home from, and you want them to warrant that they do, in fact, own it. And is it possible that every 100th time the mobile home is not owned by that person? It's theoretically possible. Now, we've dealt in hundreds and hundreds of homes over the years, and I've never had that happen. I've never had someone come in and say, wait a minute, that's my home. That's not John Smith's home. I mean, it could happen if there's no title, but it's it's incredibly rare. So most of the time when we're buying older homes, we're willing to look the other way on the titling because we have no intention of then selling it and having to then give the title to the customer. If you do, however, want to buy it and sell it, like on a quick flip or something, you would need that title because you're not supposed to go around selling things without a title, so that's an important point. Equally important on there, I will also throw out, in most states, if you sell two mobile homes or more in any given year, you have to have a dealer's license. But again, to our knowledge, the dealer's license is not required if you're renting. So between the SAFE Act and dealer's licensing and titling, obviously you can see why most people who deal in mobile homes today are doing rentals and not doing sales. But if you can get a title, that's great. So titles are very important, and we definitely would like to have a title on every home. But again, sometimes it's impossible because there's no identifying marks the seller doesn't actually have the title, what do you do? Now, in many states, for example, in Texas, 
there are, uh, you know, a chronology of events in, under which you can then get a title to a home that doesn't even have any identifying marks. So check with your state. Maybe you can still get a title. It would be great to have one. But again, you cannot be too psyched up on the necessity of a title or maybe very, very hard to ever find a home to buy. Another item to watch out for is water intrusion. You know, the, the kryptonite to mobile homes is water because a mobile home is basically made out of nothing but products that water can destroy, way worse than a single-family home. Now, in a single-family home on a slab foundation, water will not affect the concrete, the slab. It will not affect necessarily the, the exterior if it's brick. Many things in a single family can handle water, but in a mobile home they can't because the whole flooring, the walls, everything is made of wood or a similar product that, that, that rots or is destroyed with water. So if you see a mobile home with lots of signs of water intrusion, lots of stains in the ceiling, the exterior, you know, the, the exterior materials are coming off, uh, you know, the floor has giant rotted expanses in it, that's probably not a good home to buy because when you, when you start injecting water into a mobile home, bad things happen. You know, a lot of the homes we buy, they, they, are, they are, have never seen a leak. Those homes are great. Those homes are solid. They're just, just no, no different than when they came off the factory floor. But in cases where the home had pipes that broke or a tenant that deliberately flooded it or the ceiling had giant leaks that never were fixed, those kinds of homes are bad news. So you want to stay away from that. And that doesn't even include mold and things like that. So just water, water is not a good thing in a mobile home. Also, there is a wood exterior, and I believe it's called T111 is the technical name. But what it is, and you've seen this stuff, it's a fake wood product that looks like a cross between wood and cardboard. You know, it's, it's, it's like the Sears paneling they sold back in the 60s, only worse, because that stuff seemingly was built better than this stuff is. And, and on some mobile homes, the exterior, for it, during one period in time, the manufacturers used a lot of the stuff on the exterior, and the problem is it rots. And you'll see it immediately when you look at the homes. You'll see, it. You'll see a wall, an exterior wall, where it's kind of buckling, or maybe part of it already fell off, or there's these giant gaps and these seams between the panels. That Those are bad homes to buy. We don't buy those. You know, the, the number one mobile home construction we like, that most people like, is what's called metal-on-metal. That's metal walls with a metal roof. Those are by far the longest-lasting, easiest to work with. So that's what we prefer. We prefer not to buy the kind with that fake wood exterior stuff. So that's another thing you want to stay, uh, stay away from if you can. The next one is important because small bedrooms just don't work. And in mobile homes in the olden days, back in the 60s and even in the, into the 70s, people were not very picky on bedroom size. You know, America has changed. If you look at housing, for example, in Boston, you know, you can go to someone's apartment in Boston, and it can be a three-bedroom apartment, and the square footage is no different than a one-bedroom in a different city, and that's because that apartment in Boston maybe was built in 1880 or something. You know, over time, Americans have become spoiled on bedroom sizes, and they want really large bedrooms. And in some mobile homes, they, you can't deliver big bedrooms. Our, our rule of thumb is if the bedroom, the master bedroom will not handle a king-size bed, then it's not going to work for us. So small bedrooms are something to watch out for. Also, less than two bedrooms can be a deal killer. You know, there's very, very few folks out there who want to buy one-bedroom mobile homes. Now, it's kind of funny. I mean, I've had some really good one-bedroom mobile homes in my time that I've tried to 
seller rent, and I've had people come in who would be ideal for that home. Maybe the elderly spinster, the, the divorcee, they, they don't need more than one bedroom, but they always want the second bedroom. They want it for storage. They want to have a guest room, whatever the case may be. So you've got to have at least two bedrooms. If it does not have two bedrooms, then again, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't buy that home because you'll have a really, really hard time renting a mobile home that does not have at least two bedrooms. Next is mold. We, we are as afraid of any, as anybody of black mold. It's something that you know, personal injury lawyers and the court system had a, had a heyday with. Right, you know, it's it's still not necessarily proven that it even is a big deal. I mean, I know people claim claim that they lose their breathing and various items, but you know, you have to be a little suspicious because black mold has been around in America for as long as America has been here, and it, it seems kind of odd that nobody really had a problem with it up until recent times. I think the first black mold cases that I'm aware of were from the 1990s, I believe. So kind of funny that America has been here since. You know, the, well, you know, if you go back to Pilgrim times, way back, but in modern times as a country, we've been around since 1776, and it seems kind of odd that for 220 years, no one no one had any ill effects from mold, and then suddenly everyone got all sick. But whether you like it or not, mold is something that you should stay away from. So whenever you go in a home that's had lots of water intrusion, and you, and you see signs of black mold, and hopefully everybody on this call knows knows what black mold looks like. This looks like, you know, measles, kind of, only they're normally black spots, sometimes whole black patches of mold. Uh, we stay away from those kind of homes. Now, yes, you can remediate that. You can put kills on it or cut that portion out and replace it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But normally, mold goes hand-in-hand hand with lots and lots of water intrusion. And as we already discussed, water is the kryptonite to mobile homes. So in cases where there's lots of water, you, you don't want to buy it. So if you see mold, Mold is basically a big neon sign saying, hey, there was a lot of water in here. Uh, next is formaldehyde. Now, there was a huge lawsuit in the U.S. here a few years ago that was caused by Hurricane Katrina. And during Katrina, the government bought lots and lots of mobile homes and RVs for people to live in. And then it turned out that a lot of those had been using lots of what are rumored to be Chinese drywall and different kind of lower-grade carpets, which had lots of formaldehyde. Now, formaldehyde has always been around in mobile homes, but they really put a big spotlight on it during that period. And basically, those FEMA homes are not supposed to be resold. So you want to watch out for any home that has anywhere on its identifications or title work the words FEMA on it, because FEMA, which is the government's agency for housing people in emergencies, uh, they took those mobile homes, hundreds of thousands of them, and declared them unsuitable to live in. Now, they've since changed the drywall and the carpeting back, so the formaldehyde levels are fine. But you don't want to buy one of those old FEMA homes. Finally, uh, homes that have the wrong wind load or snow load. You know, in some parts of the U.S., you have to have certain wind loads and snow loads on the roofs because, you know, mobile home roofs are not super sturdy and they can't handle lots and lots of snow, and the homes are not normally engineered to handle lots and lots of wind. So you have to make sure the home you're buying matches to the correct wind load or snow load for your area. Now, you normally can only get that information on the title, and normally if the home's been there a long time, it's not a big deal. But I want you to be aware of that, because particularly if you're buying a repo home and wanting to move it from point A to point B, it's got to have the correct wind load or snow load for wherever point B might be. All right, we're going to go to break now. When we come back, we're going to be going more over mobile home investing. This is Frank Roth. We'll be right back. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, president of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Frank. Dot Rolf at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. This is Frank Rolf. In today's episode, we're talking about investing in mobile homes as a high-yield opportunity in a troubled America. And now we've been talking about the homes and what to stay away from and what to buy. And now we're going to talk about one of the key factors that most people mess up in in mobile home investing. This is probably one of the most important items. So we've want to devote a lot of attention to this so you don't screw up. Basically, the mobile home owner needs to have a kind of a partnership with the mobile home park owner. And the reason being that the, the success of that mobile home and that mobile home owner is very much tied to the behavior and what the mobile home park owner brings to the table as far as that whole investing philosophy. 
Now, you know, in the olden days, a mobile home park owner hated the mobile home investor because he sometimes saw him as competition, thought, what the heck, that guy's out there trying to rent a mobile home, and what about my mobile home that's for rent? So often it was a very adversarial position between mobile home park owners and mobile home investors. Today, that's changed a lot. Now, not with the old mom-and-pop parks. They're still often hostile. They don't like having someone in their, in their park owning homes and renting them out. Uh, but, you know, the modern park owner has changed his tune. He realizes that that investor is a very, very important person in his life to making that park have good, solid, consistent revenue and profitability. So the mobile home park owner today is no longer seeking to be the enemy of the mobile home investor. The good, the good ones, the smart ones, are trying to become a team with the investor. Now, what does the mobile home park owner bring to the table then to make this whole exercise of mobile home investing work? Well, the first is a, a rule that no rent is due when the home is first being remodeled. Let's say you buy the mobile home and it needs some work, and let's say it's going to take you two weeks to fix it up. Well, you should be charged no rent during those two weeks. Think of it this way. If you were not in there doing that, the park owner himself would probably have had to buy that home, and he'd be having to put in the time and money to repair it. So there's no reason why you should be paying rent during that period where you're fixing it up. You're actually doing the park owner a favor. The second is, and this is very, very important, there should be no rent due when the home is vacant in between tenants. So now you've got your home. We talked about how you remodel it, you rent it. Let's say the tenant runs off, and now you have to remodel it again. The entire period of time that that home is vacant, there should be no rent due. Now, this is, this is a, a critical item because if the rent is due when it's vacant as an investment, you're coming out of pocket not only to remodel it, but you're also coming out of pocket to keep paying the lot rent during the period in which you're remodeling it and then finding a new, new tenant. So the, the park owner, if he wants to be a team member, he has to understand whenever that thing is vacant and you're getting no rent, well, he shouldn't get any rent either because, again, you're doing him a favor. I mean, if it wasn't for you out there holding that, that home in the park and remodeling it and renting it, he would have to do it himself. And if it wasn't for you, maybe somebody else would have bought the home and pulled it out of the park, and then the park would have no income at all on that lot. So definitely the park owner needs to have a, a, a win-win attitude and a teamwork attitude that he is very much on your team as the mobile home investor and wants you to succeed. Another thing the park needs to bring to the table is they need to have their manager watch over and notify the mobile home investor of any problem. You know, the park manager is there all the time. In our mobile home parks, for example, every park we have, the manager is required to live in the park. So they're always there. They know what's going on. They see people moving out. They, 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 they know what's, what the status is of every home in that park, hopefully, and everybody in that park at any given moment. And they need to also pay attention and watch over your home. So if the tenant in your home runs off and you don't know it, they need to inform you and say, hey, I saw a U-Haul truck at your home over the weekend, and now I think it's empty. You know, you don't need to be waiting a month till you don't get your check from the tenant to know that kind of information. If the manager saw the cops who were over at the home over the weekend and there was all kinds of trouble there, you want to know that so that possibly you you get a different tenant or tell the tenant if you don't clean up your act, you're, you're out of here. But basically the park manager needs to watch over that home because they're there. They're free. 
You know, it's hard as a mobile home investor. If you have to go out to that home, you're going to have your time, your gas, lots of lots of expenses in today's world to go out and look at it. Whereas the manager can do that for free. So the manager needs to be a member on the team. And, of course, the manager works for the owner. So if the owner tells the manager, look, we want this guy to succeed. I want you to watch over his home. I want you to tell him if there's anything bad going on, then what will happen? Well, then the manager will do that and work with the investor and make everything work out. But the park owner needs to make sure that the park manager is also on that team. Another thing the park manager needs to be doing, and this is very, very, very important, is to help you rent that home. Now, the park manager normally in any given mobile home park has more time on their hands than they know what to do with. And they certainly have no excuse not to help the home investor get their home sold. Picture how difficult it would be for you as the home investor to show the home, right? You run the ad, mobile home for rent, somebody calls, hi, I'm interested in the home. I want to see in it. What are you supposed to do? Well, you know, if, if the park does not work with you, you will have to drive out, unlock the home, show them the home, see if they're interested, and you might have to repeat that many times before you get it ultimately rented. That's a lot of time and work on your part. Now, the manager could do the exact same thing for free, easily, walk over, unlock it, show it. They're already there. So you can see that having the manager as in the loop with your team is absolutely essential to help you sell that home and go through the process to sell the home. Also, sometimes the parks will actually offer you an incentive if you will renovate certain homes or if you will bring in a home into a park. So check with the park. I mean, a park that really wants to be on your team, the park owners will willing to maybe come out of pocket some money to help offset the price of you moving a mobile home that you've purchased as an investment over to that park to rent it. Or possibly, if the re- renovation is so extreme, they may even kick in some money towards the renovation to make sure that it gets done. So you, you again, it, what, what really has separated over the years, in our opinion, the 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 mobile home investors who have done well from those who have done poorly. The, the biggest item is making sure that the park that they're working with is user-friendly to what they're doing. So you definitely want to find parks that are user-friendly. Now, you know, what are some of the resources, resources you can use? I mean, we've, we've had a good hour together going over this, but what, what else can you go to learn more about this? Well, one is there's a great website called mobilehomer.com. That's mobile, M-O-B-I-L-E, Homer, H-O-M-E-R.com. And on this website, it describes this entire mobile home investing process in great, great detail. It additionally helps you identify park owners that are very user-friendly and even list them in different items. So that's, that is probably the most important website to learn about mobile home investing. Also, if you go to mobilehomeuniversity.com, on that website, there's a forum as well as articles on mobile homes and mobile home investing, so that's very important. And then additionally, although not nearly as good a resource, are the various articles you can find on Google on mobile home investing. So again, today we've been covering mobile home investing as a high-yield opportunity in the troubled economy. Next week we'll be coming in with a program on financing to show you the various high-yield opportunities we've discussed, how you can get financing to buy those things. And uh, this is Frank Roth with High Yield. We'll be back next week, and thank you for being here. Thanks again for tuning in to High Yield. 
Please join Frank and Dave next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great and profitable week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.